for those of you who don't know, my name is Megan. Um, I'm 23. Um, as I mentioned, I work with the nonprofit community center that meets in this building. Um, I'm also on the teaching team for Crossroads. So the way it works is it's not the same person speaking every week. Uh, we have a handful that rotate, and I'm in the rotation. So, <laughs> um, yeah, so for those of you who haven't met me, I would love to meet you after service. Um, but I'm going to kick us off tonight with a few questions. So you can think of the answer in your head, or if you feel moved, you can raise your hand. Oh. <laughs> um, so my first question is, have you ever shopped for a church? Um, so kind of gone to a bunch of different ones to find the one that's right for you. I definitely have shopped for a church. Um, my family, it's also called church hopping sometimes. My family hopped or shopped uh, together when we moved um, from, we lived down in Murray, and then we moved to Davis County. And that's how we ended up finding Crossroads. Um, and I also moved to Australia for a couple years. So when I was there by myself, um, I was hopping and shopping as well. <laughs> Uh, my second question is, have you ever left a church service and realized that you spent the whole service picking apart every little thing that was happening? I have also done that. Uh, <laughs> um, have you ever been unable to enter into worship because the bass was too loud or the vocalist was singing in the wrong key? and you just couldn't stop focusing on it. Yeah, I've done that. Um, especially I was on the sound team for a while, so I, I think that's maybe like a sound thing sometimes. <laughs> um, and my last question is, have you ever gossiped about another church because you didn't agree with what they were doing or what they were about? I've also done that. I've done all four. So... <laughs> I start a lot of my messages like this, but to give you some context, I grew up in church. So I've been going to church for 23 years, nine months, and three days. <laughs> and not the same church. Um, I've been to so many churches, um, camps, conferences, etc. I've also been at churches in other countries and other languages. Um, I once went to a church service that was half in English, half in Mandarin, and it wasn't being translated. It was just they would do half the message in English, and then they would translate or transition into speaking in Mandarin, and then they would do one song in English and the next in Mandarin. Um, I've also been to a church service that was in Hokkien, which is a language in Malaysia that is not even on Google Translate yet. So <laughs> I had no idea what they were saying. But <laughs> um, I've been to a church service in an elderly care center. Um, and I've also been to a lot of mega churches. Like I've been to Hillsong and heard like the main Hillsong guy preach and stuff. Um, so I've, I've been around the block a little bit um, with churches and with worship and things like that. Um, and when you go around the block a little bit with church, you'll hear two common questions quite a bit. Um, and the first question is from church shoppers or church hoppers. They often ask, how is their worship like about another church? So if you're like, hey, you should come to my church. Well, how is their worship? 
And Pastor Adam this morning at our other location um, pointed out that these questions often have an underlying question. So they're not wondering, like, how is their worship? Um, when we ask this question, we are wondering maybe are the songs contemporary or are they traditional? Or do they sound like hymns or do they sound like a rock band? Um, are there not enough or too many fog machines? <laughs> um, is the set too long or is the set not long enough? So how is their worship is not a bad or a wrong question to ask. Um, we all have our personal preferences, and that's okay. Um, but it should not be the only question that we are asking. Um, the other question that I want to talk about is one from churchgoers. So sometimes if you miss a service, you might ask, um, how was worship today? Um, I ask that one a lot, like especially being on the worship team. After I'm done, I'll ask my mom, I'll be like, how was worship? You know, <laughs> And sometimes the questions behind this question are, did the worship leader I like the most lead, or did, was it someone I don't prefer as much? Um, did they do the songs I love, or a new song that I don't know the words to? Um, was it too long, too short, too slow, too upbeat? Um, did the worship team strum in rhythm, in tune? Um, did they lead me into worship? How was worship today? Also not a wrong question to ask. Um, it's just not the only question that we should be asking. It's not even the most helpful question to be asking. Because if our answer to the question, how was worship today, has something to do with someone other than ourselves, it's not the most helpful question, right? If we ask, how was worship today, we may give an answer that's an evaluation of someone else's worship, someone else's singing, someone else's song selection or strumming. How was worship today empowers me to give a surface answer and an evaluation of someone else. It's not very personal, other than it might speak to my personal preference. And in our culture, preference reigns supreme, right? That's how we got into this church-hopping, church-shopping culture. Um, you can get your coffee exactly how you like it. Like right now, I'm drinking a quad shot over ice decaf with a little bit of oat milk in it. <laughs> That's not something that people used to be able to get. <laughs> Um, your phone can curate a feed of the most perfect memes and life inspiration just for you. Um, you can queue up the songs you want to play in the exact order you want to play them. Um, your car could have a heated seat and a cooling steering wheel. If you can afford it. I can't afford that. But, <laughs> but in life, like... All of the things around us are constantly serving our preferences. And that has leaked a lot into church culture. Um, a lot of us walk into church expecting the same thing. And who can blame us if that's the way the rest of the world is operating? Um, we want our coffee bar, and we want our favorite songs, and we want our favorite chairs, and we want our message to affirm our beliefs and not contradict them or challenge them, and one wrong move from the church, who cares, there's 50 other ones, right? 
When my mom and I were talking about this message, she said, we could probably go to a different church every week for the whole year and never go back to one of them because that's how many options we have right now in our culture. And so I had mentioned earlier when I moved to Australia, I was church hopping and shopping. I did not have a car, so my options were pretty limited. There were three. (laughs) Um, And I ended up going to a church that was a different denomination than I had ever been to um, or have ever been used to. And I absolutely loved all the members of the church. Like, they were so nice to me. Um, They invited me over for dinner, and they had a really nice coffee bar there. And... (laughs) um, and, but everything about the church was contradictory to my preferences. And so the whole time I went there, which was a year before I moved home, I was constantly having to battle like inside of myself of being critical because I, there were just certain things that they did that I just did not love. Um, I struggled to get over myself. Um, and... I had to get to a point within myself where I realized if I was committed to being a member of the church, so not the church I was going to, but the body of Christ, um, I needed to commit to a body of believers, and I needed to press past the surface and the uncomfortable, and I needed to look inside of myself. Um, And I'm here today to urge us all to look inside of ourselves. And so the question that I'm going to advocate for us to start asking today is, how was my worship today? So let's all say that together. How was my worship today? And we're launching a new series this month called Monday Morning Crossroads. And in this series, we're going to discuss how Crossroads, which is our church, um, people can be the church on Monday and not just Sunday. So if you ask me, or if I ask myself, um, how was my worship today? Now we're getting to the heart of the matter, which is my heart. Um, It causes me not to wonder about the worship team being out of tune, but about if my heart is out of tune with God's heart. Or not about whether the worship team was out of key, which they weren't, they were lovely. Um, But if my life is out of key with scripture, um, it causes me not to get super focused on the worship team song selection, but to look inside and wonder what what the song of my life is sounding like. (laughs) You guys get the point. The other thing that I love about this question is is the word today. So how is my worship today? Today can be Sunday, today can be Wednesday, today can be Saturday. How was my worship today acknowledges a lot more than a 90-minute set on a Sunday. Um, It's a question that if we begin asking ourselves any day of the week, we will be strengthened to be the church. As we realize worship is something that happens on Monday, it awakens us to the reality that worship encompasses a lot more than singing a song. Singing is a form of worship, as is tithing, which we talked about earlier, Um, serving, greeting, telling the truth, um, confessing a sin, praying for one another, enjoying creation on a hike, listening to a friend, asking for forgiveness, 
a lot of things can be worship. Our worship is more about how we are living than what we are singing. Um, there's a church leader in the Bible. His name is Paul. Um, and he writes a letter to other believers. And it really gets into the heart of worship. So it's Romans chapter 12, verse 1 through 2. If anyone wants to look it up. Um, it says, And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. A living and holy sacrifice. That sounds like more than a Sunday to me. <laughs> Paul is saying that to truly worship God, we need to give God our whole self, not just our attention for 90 minutes or our 15-minute Devo time in the morning, although those things are great and he loves those, um, but our, to live our whole lives unto him. He wants our hearts. You know, Jesus died so that God could be in relationship with us. And that's what this worship thing is all about, being intentional. Paul goes on to talk and say, Don't copy the behavior and the customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way that you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. We just talked about the customs of this world, the preference-minded world. We instead want the mind of Christ. Um, and I'd like to read one more scripture. Um, it's in Matthew. It says, this is a quote from Jesus. And he says, These people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. And he's talking about people who have separated relationship with God and serving God. We want both. That's how we can live a life of worship. We must not separate our mind's worship time from the rest of our lives. Every moment of every day is worship time. Um, Billy Graham once said the following. He said, The highest form of worship is the worship of unselfish Christian service. How might you live your life differently if we really lived with the understanding that every decision we make and every word we say is a way to worship God. In the Bible, it talks a lot about being a hearer of the word versus a doer of the word. Um, so right now, we're all hearing the word. But what we need to do is live it out on Monday, Monday morning. And that's what we're talking about in this series, is laying down our preferences and living everything we do unto the Lord. And I want to be clear, we are called to live as a sacrifice, to lay our lives down, to transform our minds. But in the same breath, I want to say that you will be delighted with what we find on the other side. Um, this week, I was in um, Minnesota with my family um, at my Uncle Rick's lake house. And I was pondering this a lot um, because I was realizing that the whole trip was worship. Um, we were intentional to catch the sunset every night and to point out every loon that flew over the water. And we just delighted in God's creation together. And that was a form of worship. 
and we served each other. We were all cleaning up together. We were all cooking for each other, um, doing projects on the property. And that was worship. We loved on each other. Um, we listened intently. We affirmed each other. We laughed together. We played cards. And that was worship. Um, and we didn't avoid the hard stuff either. Um, we talked about what we had been going through, what we were going through. Talking about that stuff with safe people can also be worship. Worship takes intentionality, um, but it's not a heavy burden. Um, it's all about our heart posture. Um, when you live in a posture of worship, it will fill your life right up to overflowing, and it will bless other people when they come into contact with you. Changing your baby's dirty diaper with a good attitude is an act of worship. <laughs> Waiting for the best without complaining is an act of worship. Speaking kindly to a customer service worker who is not helpful is an act of worship. Um, and doing your homework to the best of your ability is an act of worship. Um, I'll call it worship team up now. Um, uh, worship can be your family vacation, but it can also be going through the hardest things of your life. Um, there's an essay that I love that says this. It says, Behold the lamb who takes away the shame of the night before. There is no place too unholy that cannot become an altar. Because the moment you look at Jesus, darkness no longer has your attention. The treasure of the world becomes worthless, and the blood of the lamb becomes everything. Whether it's throwing up in the bathroom or kneeling down at the altar, neither heights nor depths can separate you from the love of God. Behold him become you. This is worship. So if you're here tonight and you want to know that God, that God who died to be close, who meets you throwing up in the bathroom or when the loon flies over the water at sunset, who wants your heart and is passionately in love with you, I want to give space for that because I want to celebrate that. Um, so if that's you, I just want to give you an opportunity to raise your hand. You? That's amazing. Can we all clap? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. Let's all pray together. Um, so let's all just repeat. Um, Lord, um, I want to invite you into my heart. Lord, you to be close to me and that is the most special thing in the world I want to be close to you I want to make space for you I love you Amen